Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Well, the definition of Premier Racing was last Friday night at Sandown Park, the Sandown Cup, some mouth-watering match races. I love seeing them. It was a huge night of racing uh, at headquarters in Melbourne last week. We're going to turn our attention from that review in just a moment to the preview of this Thursday night. And as well, we're going to catch up with trainer and... I reckon you could just about say family member when it comes to this podcast, Jess Hopkins. She's been a part of it for a long time, so we'll chat to her about her uh, runners in the Judy Haley. She's got a quarter of the field there and has been flying as well, including a Liz Reen win uh, with one of her stars at Sandown Park last week. So we'll start, as always, by Run of the Week. Run of the Week. Wanted to use this segment a little bit differently as more of a review. Now we're going to start by taking a look at some of the feature races from last Friday night. First up, the race callers showdown. This is the way the uh, the match race played out with a tick under fourteen thousand dollars to the winner. Not waiting for her. The leader Hector Forley five in front. Tent punters bandit is trying hard as they're halfway down the back, but he gets away now. Hector Forley opening up twenty two and. 94 off the back. He's still five in front. Trying hard punters banded, but Hector's in front and Hector is home by four lengths over punters banded and the time is very good. 33 and 87. 33, 87. Elite training effort, I reckon, from uh, the Cockrells with this boy because we all know he looked as if he was going to just break into that 700 metre uh, distance and maybe go on to win a Sandown Cup. We ran a poll on this podcast. 50% of the people said he'll win the Sandown Cup. Um, that's how much confidence there was around Hector Foley developing into a stayer. Um, but what I liked is he did not handle the 700 first up. Um, a lot of greyhounds after that would take a long time to bounce back just by how much it took out of him. And you could even say in the end of that uh, 600 metre race on Friday night, he, he sort of did that that strange stride near the post where that was his limit. That was as far as you'd want him to run. But credit to the Cockrells, they dropped him from 700 back to 500. He runs an absolute belter. And as we heard a few weeks ago, they had plan B to go for this match race. They've had that in the back of their mind for a while, thought they prepared him to perfection and to come out smash 34, um, just a, a really, really good training effort based on, on what he had done in the last month with that failed attempt at running out a strong 7.15 a few weeks ago. The Liz Reen, we gave this away earlier, Jess Hopkins taking it out with Alfie Moon. And, well, he'd been knocking on the door to do something like this, big Alfie. Closing in strongly. There's three in front of Couch Surfer. Alfie Moon in front. Palawar King to the outside. But Alfie! Alfie wins it. Tiger Jack rattled home for second. Third's a photo. Palawar King might just hold it from Couch Surfer. Next hummock, followed by Silver Luck. Smart win. Uh, 41.86, the amended run. And, and yeah, he'd been promising to do that for a while. So it'll be interesting to chat to, to Jess Hopkins about him and obviously her runners moving forward to this week. Tiger Jack was enormous. Um, there's a, what is it, marathon race coming up, I think, at uh, the Gardens soon. <laughs> Hopefully it hasn't been. I haven't kept too much notice, to be honest. But he does look as if uh, the marathon journey might suit him down to the ground. His sections were awful, but he has absolutely powered home to a 41.92 overall, almost the run of the race. Uh, the next of the features last week was the Bill Collins Showdown. And, yeah, this was a showdown. Uh, we'll listen to the full audio because I thought this was one of the, the great match races when Kelsey Bale looked home. Amron Boy looked finished. He found a way, got up underneath of her, and 
when you look at what these two dogs have done, uh, one of the all-time great match races last week, and here's how it played out in the Bill Cotton Showdown. Racing. It was a fairly even start. Amron Boy on the outside of Kelsey Bale. They go past the post. Amron Boy turned sideways by Kelsey Bale, who drives through underneath it. The first split was only 5.15, and Kelsey Bale leads by two. Amron Boy's got to chase her down off the back straight. Leader Kelsey Bale from Amron Boy. Kelsey's going all right here. Amron Boy now starts to stretch. Aims for the inside. Drives and wins. Amron Boy. Too good for Kelsey Bale. Time is 29 and 39. Now, what do we make of it? Amron Boy tough. Um, he had no right to win that match race from the position he was in because he drew half a length in front, almost crossed, then had to be put back two, three lengths off the speed. He may well have been four off the speed off the back. Um, then he rails home to win. Now, is his run enormous or is, is Kelsey Bale maybe a little bit disappointing? Um, just her run home time. But, look, I feel like if Amron Boy crossed at the first corner. Um, he would have probably gone 29-11, and I reckon... Or 29-10, that's generally what he runs about that. Um, I reckon Kelsey Bale wouldn't have been that far behind him. I, I just think Kelsey Bale over 500 is better when she's sitting in second or third, following the speed. She seems to run it out a lot better. Um, a little bit like Ailey Bale does over the 600 at the Meadows. I, I honestly think some dogs are better um, over that type of distance range when they get something to follow early and they can just slipstream. Obviously, you're not going to run a dog land like Amron Boyce. So for her to win that match race, she had to lead, do what she did. Um, but I feel like she would have ran quicker um, if she had have been headed at the start. So either way, both champion greyhounds and, and it was a terrific match race. And yeah, I'm a big fan of match racing. I think it's great for the sport and uh, great for the new partners. Sandown Cup quarter, tipped him on top. He was about seven bucks through the week and he got the job done. Only just over first picked and here's how it played out in the Sandown Cup, the Sports Bet Group 1 Sandown Cup. Tap began quickly on the inside. Speed from Dirt Farmer out deep. In between runners was quarter and Dirt Farmer found the front. Untapped is second, quarter third, fourth on the inside was first pick from Osprey Athena and then came to Zipping Orlando. Corborn Magic and Moraine Susie are a mile behind them. They've packed right up here. In front on the inside untapped. Sweeping around was Corder. Corder took the lead down the back from first pick on the outside Zipping Orlando. Running on was Dirt Farmer. Next was untapped. Then came Corborn Magic and Moraine Susie. Corder in front. First pick starts to reel it in. Corder's holding on. It's a grand slam for Corder. Corner won the cup, beat first pick. They were miles in front of Zipping Orlando, third and fourth home dirt farmer. It's funny because I think we all thought that you'd have to go a lot quicker to win a Sandown Cup, but sometimes showing enough speed, getting into a position can be key, and, and that is exactly what Corder was able to do. Untapped was always going to be on pace. Dirt Farmer had early speed, of course. He, he showed that again. Quarter just got to the right place, hit the lead at the right time. Um, I think first pick was a really good run second to, to get within half a length at the end of quarter, who we saw last week charge past Zipping Orlando in a heat of the cup. So a couple of big runs, a couple of maybe disappointing runs, Corborn Magic, Moraine Susie getting back and just getting back too far. But that is the way they race. And if the runs don't come at the right time, obviously it's very hard at this level. But surprise was it was the first Sandown Cup for Jeff Britton and Ange Langton, who have been really good in staying racing for a long time. So they know the big one quarter gets home 175,000 in the kick for winning the Sandown Cup well done to all concerned there Thursday's preview well after a long review we'll make it a short preview and hopefully a few winners in there uh, first race nice early start two past six race one I'm with number one Shimmer Stella uh, really really powerful mid-race turn of pace to win at the Meadows last time and I think from box one can sit up on the speed 
Um, it'd be really hard to beat Shimastella in box one. Race two, best bet of the night, short price, racing in elite company, uh, back to a, a race where they just can't run as quick as her. So Pepita, my best bet of the night. I reckon you might get $1.50, $1.60, and yeah, she uh, she should be winning this. Only bad luck will beat her. Uh, race three, the Judy Haley Memorial. I'm tipping Bobby Axelrod on top. We're going to hear from Jess uh, Hopkins in a moment. She's got a couple in the race, including he and Archman. So... We'll learn a bit more about them, but Poppy Axelrod, I think, is good enough to win this. Race four, the GOTBA Karen Leak Memorial. 10,000 to the winner. I'm going with one, sipping Eve on top from the inside draw. Race five, tipping eight, Little Prince. I think you'll get a price here. And go back and watch the replay at the Meadows last time. Almost led cross, found trouble, and then at the end was the Greyhound making ground. So I'm not sure box eight's going to be his go. But I think if he was to draw near the inside, maybe not this week, maybe next week, he's one to, to worth, I guess, keep following, I suppose, because if he gets the right run, he'll go well. Uh, race number six, Scofflaw for me here, number four, looks the class runner of the field. Race seven, going with number two, Roman Blazer. I think he'll lob on the pace, be hard to beat. Race eight, the Marg Long, going with Sunnyside Joe. Race number nine, tipping eight, Medalia Snoopy. Not exactly sure he's got enough speed to get into the race, but I do think he's drawn well in box number eight. Uh, race 10, clearly big energy, the Greyhound to beat. But I think from the wide draw, there's always that little element of risk because he's not... Oh, I don't think he's a consistent 5-0's dog just yet. I think he's going to develop into a superstar. There's no doubt about that. He probably already is. But if there's a risk, it's going to be from box eight at a metro track. So I'm going, let's win coin on the each way. Probably more of a place bet, really, because I think you'll get more value for... Uh, her to run a place than you are going to taking big energy to win. Race 11 going with number three, Kanji Tank on top. I just like following this dog and I think he's met a, a winnable grade five. And race number 12, the last going with five, Trevor's Gift. Again, a hard race, but I just think she might uh, appreciate the dropping distance. Decent win at the Meadows over 600 recently. So if the cards fall her way, um, she might be pretty hard to, uh, to hold out in the latter part of the race. Hunters punting. All right, the double PC, Pepita, 50 a win. Gamble responsibly, of course. Uh, if you think gambling's becoming a problem for you, chances are you're going to lose. 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free confidential online support. Yeah, so 50 a win. I'll go with uh, on race two, number two, Pepita. Inside Info. Part of the family on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast is Jessica Hopkins, and she's ready for a chat. Been a while, Jess. Hello to you. Yeah, hello. It has been a while. Um, you know, not complaining. I, I'm quite happy not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, any happy to uh, hop on any time you ask. So, hey, no. it's for us. It's not so much about dogs. It's just a crime update for the uh, the Cranbourne area. We heard last time <laughs> there was plenty going on. Uh, the the noise there at Bunnings, I think it was, with uh, a few people doing skiddies out of the car park. Uh, is, it, is it all going well down there at the moment, uh, Sunny Cranbourne? Oh, it seems to be. Seems to be. Um, we've got a new shopping centre out our way now, so I don't have to go into Cranbourne as much. So it's uh, don't sort of see quite as much crime <laughs> anymore. So, uh, yeah, try and stay out of it. So it used to just happen as you'd go down to Coles. Uh, no, that's okay. Hey, let's let's turn our attention to the racing. Um, but before, I guess before we do that, what, what has been happening with you, Jess? We haven't spoke probably for, oh, I reckon, maybe six or seven months. Um, you've trained plenty of winners. Um, what else has been going on down at Junction Village? Uh, yeah, it's sort of been a changing of the guard a little bit. Like, um, you know, Panama went up to Queensland, um, I uh, got Bobby Axelrod. Um, Alfie Moon won the Liz Reen on Friday night. Um, I wish it was in the Santa Cup, but it's a nice consolation. And um, Manoli Magic's headed home. She was a good, honest, really good, honest bitch. So 
yeah, a little bit of the changing of the guard with a couple of maidens coming up and yeah, still only got six race dogs at the moment and one um one pre trainer is not far off racing. So yeah, it's still still just a nice number. And congratulations on that Liz Reen. I saw last week it was your first group race, even though effectively you'd won the the group race in South Australia, but it was in the care of Peter Jovanovic at the time. Uh, must have been nice seeing Alfie Moon do what he, he did last week because he sort of promised for a long time he was going to win a, a big race. Um, and I know you've had the troubles with him being you know slow to begin early days, but you always thought he was going to make it as a stayer. Yeah, I mean, from the first trial we ever gave him because um, – uh, Jimmy all broke him in and then he came straight here uh, to us and we pre-trained him from that first trial. He showed he was city class then um, and, yeah, all the way along his run homes were good. So, yeah, it's good to see him sort of do it. Um, he still puts his foot through the front of the boxes, so um, he is going to bomb it every now and then still. The, the foot doesn't come down as the lid's open. No, sorry, it's just quite windy windy here where I am um, at Warrigal. But, yeah, he's, um, you know, sort of putting it together. Uh, it really toughed it out, like our Palawa King, you know, come close to him and I know it got in a little bit of trouble, but he sort of, uh, you know, it was really strong uh, in its last few runs. I had a look up in Sydney and, you know, he does just tough it out. Um, your chase is really hard for a stayer, which you don't say a lot. Um, but, no, he, he deserved it. Um, like, yeah, I, I'm not sure Smithy was too happy with um, him getting called me first group winner because, of course, Corbett, um, Smithy part owned, but uh, yeah, officially he was my first group winner, and I, I mean, I thought it would have come earlier, probably with Panama Canal. Uh, but I'm certainly he's he's he is our favourite Alfie Moon. He's um he's not going anywhere when he retires, so it's good to good to have the Lizarine on the mantelpiece. Was it the Howard Ashton Corbett one? What race was it? Yes, yeah, it was. Uh, no, uh, the Brian Johnston. That's right. The other the other one. Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah, and he was over with Peter for a month, so I went into Peter's name. So as Peter always says, it's a team effort. Like he owns Alfie Moon, so yeah, we're all all work as a team. Mum, Nan, I, and Peter. I'm always on the phone too, so um, you can't do it alone. It's a winning formula, uh, whatever you're doing at the moment. You said just a moment ago, Alfie Moon. As soon as he went to the trial track post breaking in, he so he showed city class ability. What 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 type of run do you expect a dog to produce when you first take them to the track after breaking in? Um, look, every dog is different, um, but he just – it's weird. He had a great action and, um, well, the dog we're going to talk about soon actually broke in five lengths faster than him, Archman, but uh, Bruno Alfie Moon just always showed ability from the first time he went out of a box at Warrigal. Um, he was always a little bit slow early, but he was like running home out the boxes at Warrigal, 14, 20, his first, first go at the boxes at, what, 15 and a half months of age and um, – yeah, he was down at twenty two fifty. I think his second second go out of a box at Warrigal. So, um, like he showed he could sprint, um, but of course you've got no dogs in front of you. So uh, he's just over the five hundred. He's just that little bit slow early, and luckily enough he can run seven hundred to to sort of negate that. It's working out perfectly for him at the moment. You gave a little bit of a, a tease, I reckon, for Archman. You've got two runners in the Judy Haley. One is a dollar seventy Bobby Axelrod. I'll speak of him in a moment. Archman, you just said, broke in five lengths quicker than Alfie Moon. Tell us the story about this dog. Yeah, well, um, he would have probably come over a bit earlier, but he, he was a funny eater with Peter and Leslie, and they didn't want to send him over if he was any issue. Um like Peter calls him, still calls him one of the fastest dogs he's ever had, and you know he's had Melbourne Cup winners and national sprint winners. So, well, the dog's a freak in every sense of the word. Probably Jimmy all called him a freak when he broke him in. Um, 
his mannerisms, the way he races and does silly things, um, that's how he's a freak, not not necessarily um, <laughs> a, a superstar in that way, but just uh, little things he does wrong. And, I mean, I tried him over 400 last week and he, he picked up a city-class bitch and, and beat her. Um, yeah, he's run he, – he was out of the picture on Sunday early, so it just shows you <laughs> – depends what mood he's in. Yeah. Uh, and, I, yeah, we gave him a walk on at Sandown today just to try and uh, spark him up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, honestly, if he showed up and, you know, did what he really could do, he'd probably win. Um, I know Peter was saying, I was talking to him about half an hour ago, he, he showed pace when Peter first started him. He was running 520s early at Angle Park, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, he just... He's just a funny dog, so whether he'll – we tried him over 700 and we thought he actually – his bloods were out or something or he pulled up sore, but everything was spot on. So, yeah, just the Judy Haley came up and he was eligible, so we put him in and, yeah, honestly, he's frustrating, um, probably more frustrating for Peter and Leslie than myself. Uh, they bred him and, obviously, uh, yeah, so one day he's going to really – well, hopefully he really shows what he can do, but he probably won't do it again. <laughs> he's um, – yeah, he's the loveliest dog, but uh, he's almost too nice in a field. He uh, just, yeah, you see his last 50 on Sunday just really lengthens and, yeah. Um, so it's a bit disappointing and I swear, um, like, he is actually really fast. People probably, when I say it, think uh, I need my head red and <laughs> am I talking about the right dog? But anyone ask Peter, um yeah, he can be really fast when he wants to be Archman, but, yeah, who knows? <laughs> it is interesting. He's won three out of 25, but you can see in the way that he runs, he has got, you know, that, that enormous amount of ability. When he passes dogs, he passes them like they're glued to the rail. Now, Bobby Axelrod, you've you've sort of become a trainer, I reckon, uh, Jess, that, that bucks the trend a little bit. Um, you get a lot of dogs from South Australia to come to Melbourne. Now, normally... Um, that's not something people are wanting to do because no disrespect to South Australian racing, there's not the depth that there is here in Melbourne. But as I say, you've bucked the trend time and time again. You've got Bobby Axelrod, who showed plenty of ability in, in South Australia. But I think it's fair to say we can sit down now and say this dog's made it in Melbourne. Yeah, it's um. well, he's another one that's a thank you to Peter. He he knew he told the owners early on this dog's really good. Um, you know, they went through the grades in Adelaide and won a few features and, uh, Peter actually recommended me. Um, they would have gone to a bigger trainer if not for Peter um, with more, you know, more runs on the board. And um, I was lucky enough to get him. And his first trial for me was horrid. Um, he trialled horrible at Ballarat. And I must admit, I rang Peter and I said, are you sure? Um, but then a week later, obviously, won a heat of the, the Western Districts derby in 2501 or something. So, um, yeah, look, he, he's just uh, lacking a bit of early speed at the moment. He's coming out the box well, but if you notice, he takes one little hop before he accelerates, and um, that might be the worry Thursday night. Um, if, he, if he spears out, um, you know, it's fine, but, yeah, 5.16, I'd love him to get down to 5.10 or something on Thursday night, and then it'd be hard to beat. And I noticed, too, he's got 21 wins out of 42, but seven of them from box one. So he goes from box one to box four. You've got him marked in the form guide at $1.70 compared to Archman, $16. I get the feeling, Jess... I reckon we maybe don't touch Bobby Axelrod at the price. If he jumps, he probably wins, like you say. If he gets a clean run to the front, he runs a 5.10. But I'm sort of sensing, reading between the lines a little bit here on the podcast, that you reckon Archman's worth a little small each-way play, responsibly, of course. Um, yeah, look, you probably go broke because I say at every start, like, who knows? <laughs> um, 
I know we had a, Peter had a little bit on Betfair when he was 150s in that staying race a couple of weeks ago. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, as I said, he just didn't. He just sort of stopped real quickly at the 600 boxes on the second lap. But I mean, look, Bobby is the he's a class above Archman on on race race ability, and I still think Bobby's getting used to the pressure in Victoria. Um, you see those first few runs, you sort of. Um, I don't, know, I don't know how to explain it. it. Well, he wasn't running up to his ability. Um, and then he went to sort of Shepparton and uh, the run in the Tony McGrath Memorial was huge. And he sort of showed he's starting to cope with the pressure. And Because uh, as we know here, there's four or five dogs going to that first turn that can run, you know, 5'10 to 5'15 at Santa and every week, even in a grade five. So um, you don't – he sort of had it his own way a little bit in Adelaide in that way. He was just too good. Um, and Dylan did a great job with him. He come over in great condition, and um, look, like, he's still the best, better chance. But yeah, a dollar seventy is probably a bit short because there is a couple of handy ones in it. That's for sure. Yeah, dollar seventy compared to seventeen. I reckon I know where I'll be uh, having a play. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Jess. Kicking goals in the uh, the sport of greyhound racing. It's been great to to catch up and have a chat and chat about these two runners in the Judy Haley. And I reckon you might be a little bit unlucky if you win the Judy Haley this year because I reckon the inaugural running they gave away a trip to Paris for two to the connections who won the Judy Haley. I'm not sure that's still still a thing. No. Uh, no. Pretty sure it's not. I haven't heard about it anyway. Um, I know have it is a race you try and target as a female trainer. Um, if you've got a no city win dog, which somehow Bobby was, uh, and yeah, obviously a, a great uh, lady Judy was, and like a, a for women in in greyhound racing, you know, twenty years before before me, she was sort of um you know blazing the trail, and obviously there was um plenty like before Judy, but. Uh, it is a race we try and win, and I think I've run second in a few heats, and there used to be seven and eight heats. Uh, that wasn't a no-city win back then, so I've run second and missed out on the final a few times, so to be in it, um, yeah, it's great, and I see it's it's a race, a card full of, um, you know, the races are named after women on uh, on Thursday night at Sandown. Well said. Good luck, Jess. Nah, thank you, and thanks for having me on. That's it. The episode done and dusted, punters. Hope you've enjoyed it. Big thanks to GRV for making the podcast happen, and thanks to you for listening. Until next time, safe travelling and happy punting.